So where in art, where in sports, where in surgery is that powerful message of being humble and strong, like the ripper which won't disintegrate in the hot oil that they deep fry it? Well, in the world of art, there's a bridge. There's a bridge that this man, Bruce Springsteen, sings about. To go from Jersey to New York is the George Washington Bridge. Let's listen to what I'm going to talk about as it relates to New Jersey and New York City. Tonight I'm gonna take that ride Cross the river to the Jersey side Right. Bruce Springsteen is writing, he actually didn't write this song, but he sings this song, Jersey Girl, because he's going from New York City to Jersey. He's going from Washington Heights to Fort Lee, New Jersey, on the George Washington Bridge. Why did they build it there a hundred years ago? Well, they originally planned to make it at 57th Street in the mid portion of New York City. That's where they wanted it, the politicians. But here's the problem. If you build that bridge on 57th Street going from New Jersey to New York, you're going to block all the barges that come up the Hudson River. Can't do that. So Othar Amon, the architect, the mastermind, he built the Verrazano Bridge. He built the Bayonne Bridge. He built the Triborough Bridge. But the first bridge he built was the George Washington Bridge. And to this day, it's the busiest bridge in the world. 103 million cars went across the GW Bridge last year. 14 lanes. But boy, did he have a hard time building this bridge because he had a fight with the politicians. He said, listen, I don't want to disrupt the traffic on the river. So we have to build it where it's high. Washington Heights, 300 feet above the river. The Palisades, Fort Lee, New Jersey, 300 feet above the river. Then I won't disrupt the traffic on the river. Go build a bridge like that in the Depression. But in 1931, this bridge was finished. President Roosevelt came. It was a big deal. And the fighting was over. He actually accomplished it. But you have to hear the story about the the George Washington Bridge. So in art, that's where you're humble and strong. Atmar Aman, the architect, his story. And in sports, we're going to talk about my favorite athlete from New Jersey, Mike Trout. Wait till you hear his story. We'll do that in the next segment. But right now, I want you to hear the story of the George Washington Bridge and, more importantly, the architect, the man who dreamed it up, being so humble that when they took the picture, when Roosevelt came to show off this amazing architecture, feet, greatest bridge ever at the time, he was not standing in the forefront. You'll hear his daughter tell us, nope, my father stood in the back. He did not want to take any of the credit even though he built it. This is the story in art of the humble and strength that comes with being about New Jersey. New York City is the city of islands. With the population boom of the 20s, it was clear that many river crossings would need to be built. There was one man that was given the task of designing almost all the New York City bridges that stand today. In this next segment, we'll see just what it takes to build a massive suspension bridge. In 1924, my father, Othmar Aman, was assigned as engineer of bridges to uh, construct the George Washington Bridge. Listen to this story. This would become Amon's first project as lead engineer, and he quickly became overwhelmed with the problems at hand. I think first realizing that Lindenthal's project 
wouldn't float. Secondly, he was campaigning to have the idea of a bridge up uh, where it is now accepted. And thirdly, he had to be adjusted to the fact that he was appointed to see that this bridge was built. He had arrows flying at his head the whole time. They would begin construction in 1927 with a budget of $60 million. They had to carve out a section of, uh, of Upper Manhattan and Washington Heights where there were residential apartments, uh, you know, um, people living in Just the like Dodger the Stadium. And it was no different in Fort Lee, although probably less so, because Fort Lee wasn't uh, as populated as Washington Heights. They started with the actual cement base of, of uh, both towers. Cement is actually on the Washington Heights, New York side. But you know what's holding the bridge on the New Jersey side? Bedrock. Solid rock. He bored, drilled the bridge into the rock of New Jersey. Both towers comprised of 12 50-foot sections. Each tower section was floated in one by one to the piers. The towers are 600 feet high, and they needed to be that high to make sure that the bridge allowed very tall ships to go underneath. Then they, they ran the cabling going, going across, the, across the top of the bridge. They had an actual machine that would ride along and, and lay the cables you know, and, and spin it, sort of like a spider would. It would spin, spin the cables back and forth. Back and forth. That's how you build a bridge, a suspension bridge. But again, it's 600 feet high, these towers. We're going to learn why it looks the way it does, though, because they initially wanted to cover it with granite, like the Brooklyn Bridge is covered in stone. But you're building this in the middle of the Depression. Guess what happens? They tell you, you got no more money. And, and the architect, Arthur Ammon, says, I built this so strong you don't need to cover it with the granite. This will withstand anything. They actually built the roadways uh, at the same time uh, going uh, until they converged to the mi into the middle. And they brought them in on barges and were brought in and hoisted up, uh, up, to the, up to the bridge and was sectioned off to each piece. The bridge was actually over-engineered. The cables had been buried deep into the palisades. The support of, uh, to hold this bridge is phenomenal. The bridge was designed to actually have uh, more roadways to be added on if the, in the future. He over-engineered it, Athmar Amman. Humble, strong. That's the point of New Jersey. Now you're going to listen to why I picked him as the man in art to represent New Jersey. Twelve people died in the course of construction, which actually uh, is to us an inconceivably large number to be sacrificed, but at the time was not actually um, a huge number on a construction project. Bridge building is very dangerous. People are working up on heights when you're spinning the cables. There are loose wires that are flipping around. People get the bends from being uh, deep underwater working in the caissons when you're drilling footings. These guys have no net underneath them. You're 600 feet in the air. One false move, you're dead. Halfway through the construction, the Great Depression hit, and the grand scale of the bridge would be forced to be reduced. Originally, it was supposed to have a very elaborate and rather 19th century looking granite covering for the great towers of the bridge. And they decided they didn't really need to do it, that the steel was strong without it. Othar Amon says, you don't have to cover it with stone. And that's why it looks as beautiful as it does with that framework of steel, the skeleton of the steel exposed. They had originally planned a 
elaborate bridge plazas, which featured very 19th century decorations, but these were never built due to costs. The idea for these decorations was more the notion that a great bridge is an entryway to a city so that it conveyed to everybody that this was a noble city. Mm. Luckily, the city did not run out of money in the Depression to build the bridge. In fact, they came in a little bit under budget because costs went down in the Great Depression. With the design cuts made, the bridge was able to open a full year early, which also saved an extra million dollars. On October 25, 1931, the bridge opened its lanes to traffic. When the bridge opened, there was a lot of festivities and the President of the United States came to uh, demonstrate uh, two aspects of American engineering and ingenuity. All the politicians were there, the very people Othar Amman had to fight with. There they were taking credit for it. And listen to how beautiful this is, his daughter saying, my father didn't stand in front. He's the guy who built the damn thing, but he was humble yet strong to convince all these politicians this is where it had to be. Nope, my dad was in the background. This, to me, is New Jersey. Listen to his daughter speak. Otmar Amon would go on to design the Bayonne Bridge, Triborough, Whitestone, Throg's Neck Bridges, and the largest and last, the Verrazano's Narrows Bridge, before passing away in 1965. I try to visualize father being here at the celebration of the opening of the bridge 75 years later. This was his favorite. He really had to take the courage and the, the entrepreneurship to, to push it all. Courage. If we see him there at the opening, he won't be standing there with his chest out. He would be quietly back in the background, just very modestly enjoying everybody else's enthusiasm. Courage and modesty. You know who that is in the world of sports? Someone from New Jersey, my favorite baseball player. Coming up next, you're going to hear his story, the story of the great Mike Trout. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. The number is 877-710-ESPN. A little later, we'll do some clap revision. Holy Emoji Clap Man. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy Slip Disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy Hamstrings. Along with Doc's Clapper Vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like, follow, and enjoy. A wise decision. The Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating. 